Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. back to check the locks podcast as always i'm john connor i'm olivia cornu saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying true crime case before we get started as always olivia it's wonderful to see you how has your week been it's been pretty good i've been off i went and had dinner with some friends tonight before we're recording and you know i got two more days off and then back to the, the world of working and podcasting and schooling and all the things well you're definitely juggling a lot but i am very happy that you had a great week and very happy that we get to spend this time together and hang out and talk about some cases. We're actually, for the listeners at home, most of the time when it's time for us to record, we are scrambling to get our notes done because, you know, we work day jobs and I have a family and, you know, we've just got a bunch of different kind of responsibilities, but usually we're scrambling to get everything done, but not today. <laughs> we were, <laughs> notes were done. We were ready. By not even done. We were done by noon. Yeah. Or two. Noon? No, it was noon. Yeah, done by noon. So look out, listeners, because you're getting a prepared podcast tonight. Right, right. How's your week? You good? 
Yeah, I am good. I've actually got some of my family from Michigan coming in this weekend. So getting Michiganers. Yep. The Michigan family coming in. So we've all got a big Airbnb here in the area. We're going to be swimming with the kids and there's a arcade in the garage, which is really cool. This Airbnb has like ski ball and air hockey and oh, cool. like the arcade basketball. So kids are going to have a really good time. It's going to be nice to see everybody. I also got my first physical today since 2018, just to make sure I'm not falling apart. So this makes my soul happy. Yeah, I figured it was about time I went in and got the oil changed. You know, it's long overdue. Waiting on the lab results back from that to, you know, tell me I'm 95% Crisco. But other than that, <laughs> I will give you the honest truth. I will interpret your labs and give you the honest truth. Yeah, that's a great thing about having a friend and doing a podcast with a nurse practitioner is I can just be like, here are my lab results. Like, but yeah, don't eat that. Don't do this. I won't throw you under the bus on your bad habits. Well, I mean, I think everybody on the podcast knows that like I only <laughs> eat pizza. <laughs> like, you know, I smoke and I shouldn't all that. But I was telling you before the show, she was like, remember, you got to get a colonoscopy at 45. And I was like, I'm 38. Thank you for the seven year warning. I really, really appreciate the heads up. Like I have a friend who will remind me as well. Don't worry. Right. But I'm like, how old do you think I am? Right. You know what it I mean? tells you like we can know we know how old you are. Right. And I was like, oh, does that mean like I should get one sooner? And she like was like, tomorrow should I have one tomorrow? And she was just like, no, I was just, you know, letting you know as a reminder, a lot of people forget. And I'm like, OK, I'll put it on my calendar. You want to schedule it now? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. I might can pencil you in in seven years. Yeah. So it was interesting. But all in all, it's been a good week and excited for some family time. But Good. Well, hopefully you get a good, healthy report back. That's that's what I'm hoping. And but I'm sure the listeners are like, OK, let's stop talking about colonoscopies, maybe get into the true crime. So we can definitely do that. This week was my case. And I wanted to ask you, Olivia, again, I sent you our notes nice and early today. Did you get a chance to look at it? Does this look like anything that is familiar to you? Anything like that? I don't really like looking at the notes too far in advance because I really like to be surprised. But I did open them and see that they were there were a lot of pages of notes. Um, so, no, I like to be surprised. OK, so as we go through, you're going to have to let me know if you're familiar with it. I will tell you okay. I was not. Uh, and as I went through, I was like, man, this case is full of like twists and turns. It is very dramatic. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I think we should just kind of jump into it, but I really can't wait to hear what you think and what the listeners think as we go through. Yeah. I'm just kind of like looking at the time frame of it. I don't think I'll be familiar because I'm putting myself into where I was in my life at that point. And that wasn't really a point in my life where I really paid attention to the news at all. I was like a young 20, 21 year old. <laughs> Yeah. And this is one of those ones that I think made national news, but it was still the same kind of thing where, you know, in 2012, I think I was just about to meet Kara, maybe. So, like, I was definitely not in a, like, best point of my life <laughs> at that time. Right. Probably paying attention to other things for sure. So. Exactly. Well, what do you say? Should we jump on in? Yeah, let's get started. All right. This week, we are heading to West Virginia during the summer of 2012. Skylar Niece was 16 years old. She was bright and loved to read, and a 4.0 grade point average even earned her a spot on the honor roll at school. And when she wasn't busy being studious, Skylar would hang out with her two best friends, Sheila Eady and Rachel Schof. All three girls attended University High School near Morgantown, West Virginia. Skylar had known Sheila since they were small children, having met when they were just eight years old. Rachel Schof was somewhat of a new friend, as the girls had all met during their freshman year. And like most friends in high school, the girls were always together, and they complimented each other well. Sheila and Rachel's parents were both divorced, but Skylar was an only child whose parents were still together. And when it came to their daughter, Mary and David Niece gave her space to grow and become her own person. So Skylar was the level-headed one, and she would give Sheila a hard time when she made poor decisions. However, Sheila was fun and outgoing. And she was always getting into silly kinds of trouble and could be wild at times. But to the niece family, Sheila was like another child. She was that kind of friend who didn't have to call and ask to come over. One who knew that the door was always open for them. And I know I think we've talked about this before, but I know I've had a friend like that in high school. Shout out to my friend Nate. I know he listens to the podcast, but my mom came home from work one time. Nobody was home. Except for him, he was in our kitchen making like three pounds of scrambled eggs. And it was just because he was, you know, was like, hey, mom, you know, I'm here. So did you have somebody like that when you were growing up? 
I don't know that I had someone who came to my house. I mean, I feel like our door was always open, but I definitely have friends who I still to this day walk into one of my best friends' parents' house. Like if the garage door is open, it just means you walk in. Like if the actual garage door is open, you know, the garage door to the house is open. So you just walk in and say, hey, I'm here. Yeah, it's just very inviting, you know, and I have friends like that as well. But our house always was kind of the ones where like you could just show up. You know what I mean? We were we were always the family that was like, yeah, you're always welcome here. You know, which looking back as an adult, I'm glad that was us. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you could come to my house, but I feel like my mom was real strict on me. So it was easier to go do other things at other people's houses. Yeah, there was four of us and my mom was a single mom. So like she tried her best. But it's like, you know, you can only be so strict when you're outnumbered. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like I remember my brother and his friends, they would spray their hands down with Axe body spray and then light their hands on fire in our basement and then slap each other to like put it out. You know, <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do? You know, like you're working 40 hours a week and you just got a bunch of kids in your house, you know, just about to burn down the place with Axe uh, body spray. It'd be the most delicious smelling fire. (laughs) (laughs) Smell like a nightclub in 2004. (laughs) But anyway, Rachel Schof was a little different. She had plenty of friends and even participated in the school plays. But Rachel came from a strict religious background. And in a way, she admired Sheila Eby's carefree and silly attitude. And the trio seemed inseparable. They would take selfies and talk about boys. But like many teenage girls, there was drama between them. In the spring of 2012, Skylar was tweeting things like, you're a two-faced bitch and obviously fucking stupid if you didn't think I would find out. Another tweet from around that time read, too bad my friends are having lives without me. And it seemed that, like most young friendships, jealousy around the other relationships was growing. Now, in one particular instance, a classmate of the girls recalled being at play practice with Rachel Schoaf. He remembered Rachel holding up the phone and laughing as Skylar and Sheila argued. Skylar not knowing that Rachel was on the other line. But what seemed like typical high school drama was about to become something far more sinister. On July 5th, 2012, Skylar returned to her Star City home from her part-time job at the local Wendy's. And everything seemed fine that night. But the next morning, Mary and David Neese lived every parent's nightmare. When David woke up, he noticed that Skylar wasn't in her bed, and upon further inspection, he found that her window screen was in her closet, along with a hidden bench that Skylar had used to climb out of the window. David realized his daughter had snuck out of the home, but then the horror set in. Her toothbrush, phone charger, and other items were still in her room. Skylar had snuck out of the house, but she had never returned home. And when she failed to show up for work that morning, a first for the very responsible teen, David and Mary knew that something was wrong, and the distraught parents immediately called 911 and reported their daughter missing. And I was trying to put myself in that parent's shoes because, you know, Millie's four, so I'm not having to worry about, like, is she sneaking out or doing stuff that she's not supposed to? But a lot of this case, as we go through it, I'm just like, oh, my God, I hope my kid is, like, making good decisions when she's 15, 16, 17. This is crazy. She's going to make bad decisions. You just have to make sure that her bad decisions don't ruin her life. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know she's going to do like typical teenage things and like she's going to get caught doing stuff that she's not supposed to. But again, I think it's because of what we talk about every week that my mind like automatically catastrophizes and is like, ah, keep her protected forever. You know what I mean? You can shelter her. Keep her at home. You know, people just have these kids and leave them in their house and nobody knows they even exist these days. But I can't do that. I can't be a helicopter parent because I was a latchkey kid. You know, I came home and it was like we were home by ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we could go do whatever we want. I want her to have a healthy balance, but I also want to raise her to be like, maybe I should think about these decisions that I'm making. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. What's my worth and how does this affect it? You know? Yeah. She's going to turn out just fine. Thank you. I needed to hear that. (laughs) Now, later in the day on July 6th, Mary Neese received a phone call from Sheila Edie. She shared with Mary that the girls had snuck out of the house the night before, and according to Sheila, the girls drove around Star City smoking weed and getting high. Sheila informed Skylar's mother that they had dropped her off at the end of the street so that she could walk home and sneak back in without waking her parents. And again, according to Sheila, she and Rachel had picked up Skylar at around 11 p.m. and dropped her off back at home before midnight. As Skylar's parents began to fear the worst, investigators began to work the case. They pulled the security footage from the apartment building where the Nice family lived. 
In the video, a car could be seen pulling up to the building at around 12.35 a.m. Skyler then appears, sneaking out of her window and entering the vehicle before it drove away. As detectives continued to investigate, the family continued to search for Skylar. Sheila Edie and her mother helped the nieces canvas the area for Skylar on July 7th, but there was still no sign of their missing daughter. Now, on that same day, Rachel Schof would leave for a two-week Catholic summer camp. Skylar's family shared news of her disappearance with the media only two days later. Television, radio, and internet campaigns were launched in hopes of finding her. But as the weeks passed, the niece family and authorities began to fear the worst, and rumors began to swirl around what may have happened to Skylar. Based on what they had heard at the time, detectives believed it was possible that Skylar had attended a house party and most likely overdosed on heroin. The rumor was that Skylar had overdosed and that the people at the party panicked and those involved may have disposed of her body. And when I first found that in the research, Olivia, I was like, well, that's a huge jump to just be like, well, she's missing and now she's dead of a heroin overdose somewhere. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, where did the heroin come from? Like, I was shocked when they said they snuck out to go smoke weed and drive around in the car. I completely agree. And then it hit me again where the story took place, which is West Virginia, which Uh, opiates, heroin mm -hmm. is a huge Mm -hmm. problem. So I was like, oh, like, that's why. But still, even like this is a kid who has a 4.0 grade point average, right. has never missed a day of work. So I can imagine being the niece family are probably like, no, my daughter isn't like somewhere dead of a heroin overdose. Like that's not her, you know? Right. right. Yeah. And with no hard evidence to prove that particular theory, investigators again, continued to work. They decided to interview Skylar's best friends again. One of the officers working the disappearance, Jessica Colbank, found Sheila Edie to be suspicious when interviewing her. In an interview with 2020, Colbank said that Edie was just completely blank on emotions and there was absolutely nothing. It was like she was iced over. And that feeling didn't get any better after interviewing Rachel Shove. According to the officer, Rachel seemed extremely nervous during the interview. And again, from that 2020 interview, Colbank said, their stories were verbatim the same. No one's story is exactly the same unless it is rehearsed. Everything in my gut was, Sheila is acting wrong. Rachel is scared to death. I know this case. You do know this one? Yes. When you started talking about 2020, yes, I know. So I Googled to see what she looks like. Yes. I just don't know the names, but I do 100% know this. Now, do you know like in depth or is it one of those mm-hmm. ones that you just no, kind of. like I know that I saw this and watched it and heard about this, but I don't remember all the specifics. Okay, awesome. Well, let's keep going because. I think as we go through, we also touch on some updates significantly after the events. And so I think it'll be interesting. Yes. Now, police knew that they needed to take a closer look into what exactly happened between the three girls that night. And first was the time discrepancy. So Sheila and Rachel had told Skylar's parents that they picked her up around 11. However, the security camera clearly showed them arriving at 1235. So why would the girls lie? And looking for further clues, police turned to social media. The day before Skylar vanished, she tweeted, Sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. Love hanging out with you, too. Additionally, the day before that post, Skylar again tweeted, You doing shit like this is why I can never completely trust you. Now, due to the obvious rift between the girls, investigators started to wonder if Skylar's friends may have had something to do with her murder. State Trooper Chris Berry was assigned to the case in August of 2012, and he truly believed that a murderer could not conceal what they had done for very long. In fact, Berry had even seen some killers brag about their actions, and because of this, he felt that if Sheila and Rachel had been involved, it was only a matter of time before they confessed. But Berry wanted to gain a better understanding of the girl's mental state. To do this, he created a fictitious profile of an attractive teenage boy who attended West Virginia University in Morgantown. And not surprisingly, the girls immediately accepted his friend request, and Barry then had access to their social media posts. And while monitoring their online activity, detectives noticed striking differences in the way that the girls seemed to be posting. Sheila Eady was energetic and upbeat, while Rachel Schof was quiet and reserved but they shared one particular thing in common. Neither girl mentioned their missing friend. At the same time, 
the girls were continually brought in for repeat interviews and rumors began to sprout online about their involvement. In fact, some people even flat out accused the girls of murdering their friends online. And as the rumors grew, Sheila and Rachel became more and more isolated. And because of this, they only had each other to turn to. Meanwhile, detectives continued their investigation and they were able to determine that the vehicle in the security camera footage belonged to Sheila. Additionally, they were able to find the same vehicle on security footage from a convenience store in the town of Blackstone, which is west of Star City. And this spelled trouble for Sheila and Rachel. You see, when they were initially interviewed, the girls said that they had been driving east, but the video clearly showed something different. And now the teens were caught in a lie. The police now felt certain that Sheila, Edie, and Rachel Shove had played a part in the murder of Skylar Niece, but without solid evidence, it would be impossible to make an arrest. So Olivia, as we're going through, are these details starting to come back? What are you thinking as far as where we're at in the case so far? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I know all of the, how everything went down. When I Googled Skylar's name and saw the pictures of the three girls, I was like, oh, I do remember seeing this and like reading about it, but I don't honestly remember anything that happened. And I'm pretty shocked that they don't already have enough evidence. Yeah, I definitely agree. But it seems like right now it's all circumstantial, right? It's like, well, you know, they were talking garbage about each other online and, you know, seemed to be that there was a falling out and they were the last person to see her alive. But Without that evidence, you know, I think a defense attorney could argue like, no, I dropped her at the corner and, you know, somebody must have picked her up on the way back to her house or something like that. It's like, right. I can imagine that, like, if they're going to charge anybody with this, they're going to need that. Like, we need this evidence for real. Yeah, you need something that's concrete that they can say, well, everything right now they have is just kind of hearsay. Yeah, exactly. And I did think it was crazy, too, that other kids online were being like, we know you killed her. Right. Everybody knew they had beef with each other, apparently. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. I think it really speaks to the damage that social media can do, you know, because can you imagine if these girls have nothing to do with it? And then people online are like, you killed your friend. You know what I mean? Then they would. Yeah. Then they might want to like arm themselves because that's kind of what you see happening with like Internet bullying and stuff. Yeah, it's. It's definitely a story of its time, which I think is very interesting because 2012, I feel like would have been like when Twitter was really starting, maybe not starting, but I feel like it was like getting super popular. You know what I mean? Like this is around the time of like Uber. And so this is like in like a tech kind of boom period. So I feel like it's just it plays a pretty critical role in kind of cementing this case in a certain point of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately! Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school 
school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Now, as detectives continue to investigate on December 28, 2012, they finally caught the break they were looking for. It was on that day, only a few days after Christmas, that a 911 call came into Mongalia County Dispatch. The woman on the other end of the phone said, I have an issue with a 16-year-old daughter of mine. I can't control her anymore. She's hitting us. She's screaming. She's running through the neighborhood. And the voice on the other end of the phone was Patricia Schof, Rachel's mother. In the background, dispatchers could hear Rachel in distress as Patricia's husband tried to restrain her. Rachel Shove had, in fact, had a nervous breakdown, and authorities arrived at the scene and she was taken to a local psychiatric hospital and committed. Now, during this time, Rachel was isolated and she had no way to stay in contact with Sheila Edie. And six days later, on January 3rd, the teen was discharged from the hospital. And it was then that Rachel Shove made a startling confession to both her attorney and the police. According to Rachel, she and Sheila Edie had stabbed their friend Skylar Niece to death. And as Rachel continued her confession, the details of what happened on that night in July came into focus. According to Shove, she and Sheila Edie had begun planning Skylar's murder in the month prior. In fact, the pair had first discussed their morbid idea in science class. They agreed to carry out their plan just before Rachel was to leave for summer camp, hoping that this would lower the suspicion. Now, on the night of the murder, Rachel took a shovel from her father's garage. Sheila Edie was responsible for bringing knives from her mother's house. The girls also brought along cleaning supplies as well as a change of clothes. Rachel and Sheila wore hoodies in the middle of summer in hopes of concealing their weapons. They then headed out to pick up their unsuspecting victim, Skylar Niece. And when Skylar entered the vehicle, she thought the trio would be joyriding and getting high as they had done in the past. In fact, all three girls had brought their marijuana pipes. The car headed into the town of Brave, just a few miles over the Pennsylvania state line, and they then parked near some woods and exited the vehicle. Then, Rachel Schof and Sheila Edie slowly fell back behind Skylar Niece, and according to Rachel, the pair agreed to attack on the count of three. And it was then that they began to violently stab their supposed friend over 50 times. Rachel shared that at one point Skylar was able to escape and run away, but the pair had stabbed her in the knee and she was not able to make it far. And as the attack continued, Skylar whispered her final words, why? And when police asked Rachel Shof the same question later, her answer was shocking. We didn't like her, she said. So before we go any further, Olivia, where's your brain at? What are you thinking? Well, this is not normal teenage girl behavior. Yeah, this is a little different. Mm-hmm. A lot of difference. It's just devastating. Once you were talking about them taking her um, in the car and then them falling back, I just had that moment where I can see it and remember this case so clearly and just thinking like, how can you do this to someone that you call your friend? If you don't like somebody, just quit hanging out with them, quit talking to them, you don't have to kill them. Yeah. And, you know, this part of the case, I felt myself connecting to a little bit because I don't know what it was like for you growing up. But in Michigan, a big thing for us was something that we called country drives. So if you were someone who enjoyed smoking marijuana, you would get into a car with your friends and you would put on music and you would drive old country back roads. You know, where I lived, it was between the city I grew up in and then the city of Ann Arbor. And it was all just woods and dirt roads. and we would call them country drives, you know, and I have a lot of memories of people that like I love to this day, but like that's how we bonded as kids, you know, and so I'm thinking about Skylar getting in the car and she's like, these are my friends and yeah, you know, maybe things have been rough, but like we're going to hang out and, you know, like kids do. Yeah, girls will be girls. Yeah. They'll be over it tomorrow. You know, and so as they're talking about this, it's just like. Man, it brought back memories and it just made it a little extra sad in that moment because I could almost kind of imagine what she was feeling or how she was, you know, thinking in that moment, you know? Yeah. Now, Rachel agreed to take authorities to the location of Skylar's body. However, when they arrived at the area, it was covered with snow and Rachel couldn't remember exactly where they had buried Skylar. She also agreed to wear a wire and record a conversation with Sheila Edie. 
But in that conversation, Sheila would fail to say anything that incriminated herself. And subsequently, Rachel Schof was arrested shortly after. Now, the authorities continued to search the wooded area where Rachel had taken them. And on January 16th of 2013, a body was found. However, the remains were nearly unidentifiable. Police definitely believe that it was, in fact, the body of Skylar Nees, but they would need to have it tested to be sure. And on March 13th of that year, the results came back. The remains found in the woods were those of Skylar Nees. Now, Sheila, having no shame, tweeted about her supposed friend after the news was made public, saying, Rest easy, Skylar. You'll always be my best friend. I miss you more than you could ever know. Now, at this point, Rachel had been arrested and charged with murder, but the investigation into Sheila Edie continued. Police were able to obtain a search warrant and do a full forensic search of Sheila's car. And during that search, investigators found trace amounts of blood. Those samples were then compared to Skylar's DNA, and it was in fact a match. Sheila Edie was arrested on May 1st, 2013 in the parking lot of a Cracker Barrel restaurant. Rachel was charged with second-degree murder, likely because she confessed and cooperated with police. She pled guilty and was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Sheila Edie, however, was charged with first-degree murder. She, too, pled guilty and was sentenced to a life sentence with the possibility of parole after 15 years. Now, at the time of the sentencing, David Neese argued against any leniency from the court, saying, they're both sickos and they're both exactly where they need to be away from civilization, locked up like animals, because that's what they are. They're animals. Now, David and Mary would go on to create a memorial site for Skylar. Near where her body was found is a tree dressed in pictures of the late 16-year-old, and her parents often make the drive to both grieve the loss and celebrate the life of their beloved daughter. And even though Mary and David lost their only child, the Neese family would go on to advocate for others. In fact, they were instrumental in passing Schuyler's law. Originally, the Amber Alert system was only notified by police in the case that a child was kidnapped. But because of Schuyler's law, Amber Alerts must be notified for all missing children, whether they're kidnapped or just even suspected runaways. They also lead a campaign called Schuyler Talks in which they visit schools and prisons. And during these sessions, the Nice family shares how a person's actions can cause hurt and pain well beyond just the intended victim. And when asked why he and his wife work so hard on these projects, David said, It is important to me that this never happens again to anyone. It's the most horrible thing I've ever been through, obviously, and I don't want anyone else to go through it. I wouldn't wish it on the two people that put me through it. Now, in May of this year, Olivia, so we're fast forwarding to 2023, Rachel Schof was actually eligible for parole. And it was during her hearing that the true motive for the murder of Skylar Nees was finally revealed. David Nees shared that during the hearing, Rachel said that she and Sheila Eady were in a romantic relationship. According to Schof, Skylar knew their secret and she was afraid that she would jeopardize the relationship. Shof also shared that she doesn't recognize the person who did those things to Skylar, saying, quote, I don't necessarily think I deserve parole because of what I did, she said. I was so young, and I know that doesn't change anything. I know I'm not a bad person because I made one bad choice. It's not who I am. But Skylar's father had his own words to share, saying, an accident is when you bump into someone. An accident is when you step on someone's shoe. This was not an accident. Because of this malicious monster, my child will never get a limo ride to her prom. Instead, she got a ride in a coroner's vehicle. Also, there was no sparkling gown for Skylar, just a body bag. She will never have a certificate of graduation, only a death certificate because of this inmate's actions. Now, for those who loved and cared about Skylar, it was good to finally have the true motive for her murder. But the family was more delighted by the fact that Rachel Schof was denied by the parole board. Her next review date is set for May 1st of 2024, and Sheila Eady will be eligible for parole in 2028. So that's this week's case, Olivia. What are you thinking? Walk me through. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I just remember how devastating this is. 
And when you were reading what the dad was saying, I feel like I remember like such a, a, a speech kind of that just like hit you right in the heart, you know? He's very right. Like these girls took his daughter's life for no reason. And I'm glad that this is one of those cases where something good came from something bad and they tried to focus on this so this doesn't happen again. But I'm also surprised at how quickly they're getting eligible for parole. Like it's only been 10 years, a little over 10 years. Yeah, and I think that Rachel Schoaf was eligible a little bit sooner because she was... Well, yes, and she was only charged with a second-degree murder as opposed to the first degree. Also, these girls, I believe, were like 16 at the time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. If they were tried as adults. With their sentences, Rachel got the 30 years, and then Sheila Eady got life with the possibility of parole at 15. And I don't know if that's necessarily something that you get as an adult. Because I can right, imagine right. as a as a child committing a crime like that, it's like, well, maybe there's a chance that you'll rehabilitate or something like that you know but yeah who knows you know just going through this case i can tell you again as a father i remember researching it and going out into the kitchen to talk to kara and being like our kid's not allowed to have any friends <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> which i know is ridiculous but it's just right. you know we've she'll we've, be fine i know but we've talked about it before you know like when you did that case out of alaska where it's like these are supposed to be your friends you know what i mean and you watch your kid and as a parent you're like yeah they're going through normal teenage, teenage things yeah but you don't expect that normal teenage drama to you know turn into murder and right. her two supposed best friends trying to dispose of her body you know yeah devastating i mean that's all that this is it's just so many lives gone and wasted and i feel like i don't know people can be rehabilitated and are they probably the same young girls they were then Probably not, but do we know that for sure? No. I don't know where how I would feel if they actually did um, get parole and get released. Like, I don't know. And I know that we've talked about this before and that people have differing beliefs, but there is a part of me that is like a child is still a child. And right. depending on their situation at home, you know, like there's all of these factors that could affect whether or not you're going to be violent or you're going to commit a crime. And if those factors are taken away, if you receive counseling, if you receive therapy, does this one thing that you did as a young person have to define your entire life? You know, and I think I think about a lot like, you know, you see gang members who maybe they murdered people in this gang and, you know, somehow they turn their life around and now they go and get other people out of gangs. You know what I mean? Like it can happen, but it's still when it's so violent, it's really hard to believe that. Like they stabbed her 50 times. Yeah. And they thought about it for a month. Yeah. Planned it for a month. So, I mean, it's right. definitely premeditated, you know, it's yeah. just, I don't know. I don't know how it would feel. I guess we'll have to, you know, get an update in 2024 and 2028, you know, when we're still doing the check the locks podcast. That's right. When we're certified platinum, if you can right. be certified platinum as a podcast. <laughs> um, and you definitely touched on something that I wanted to make sure that we discussed as we went through this, because We've talked about it before in episodes that we've done. I think the Shannon Christian and the Christopher Newsom carjacking murder uh, is a really good example of this. But the way that some people are able to take a tragedy like this, the way that David and Mary Niece took the murder of their daughter and this terrible thing that as a parent, I can imagine just shatters your world and like just wrecks you to the core of who you are and then somehow be able to turn around and put positive energy back into the world and to find ways to contribute to make sure that these things don't happen to somebody else and to really work to make sure that the death of their child isn't something that just happens in vain. It is so admirable. And I know we've talked about it before, but like, I don't know if that would be me or if I would just be like, I hate the world forever and ever now. And like I said, just kind of sink into nothing. So just the the resilience of these people i just i can't i absolutely can't believe yeah like i said i do like when the something good does come out of something bad you know that's the best thing that can happen in these situations but i do think you would be okay i think you'd probably hate the world for a little bit i think that's a normal reaction but then i think you would want justice for your child and you would do whatever it takes to make sure that no parent feels the way that you do yeah and i know you know having help you know that's never anything that i'm ever gonna have to worry about but it's just 
as a parent, you can't help but relate, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is devastating. I, I see myself as the teenage girl and having my friends and just remember like having just stupid petty beef with your friends. And then, you know, like you think, oh, we're over it by the next day or whatever. Like I've had plenty of opportunities and moments like that in my life that it's just to think that any of my friends at any given point could have stabbed me 50 times and killed me because they just decided one day they didn't like me. That's not okay. Yeah. And the idea, like you said, like you could think everything's okay. You know, like, oh, we had this stupid argument or we were fighting for a while, but now yeah. everything's good. You know how many times everybody liked the same boy? Like, can you, can you imagine? Yeah. And, you know, you could think everything's fine and have no idea that, you know, there are people that are supposed to be your friends or planning something evil. Trying to plot your murder. So I have a pretty good idea. I know where this is going to fall deadbolt test wise, but what are you thinking? Where are you putting it? Drop it. Let me know. So my little 16 year old self would be terrified. And there were moments in my life where I had been very terrified of things that I'm not going to say on a podcast, but I would be very scared if I thought that my friends were, I don't know. I just have had those moments where you've just had the arguments with your girlfriends over nothing and you kiss and make up and you move on. And then the next week you're buddy, buddy with the next person and it's just no big deal. So I'm putting at an eight. I, you know, again, never being a teenage girl, there was still a lot as far as the aspects of their friendship that I could relate to. You mm-hmm. know, I had my friends in high school that I was just, I was always with them. You know, either they were always at our house or I was always at their house. You know, yeah. we didn't fight in the same way or anything like that, but like you can relate to having those relationships. And, you know, again, as a parent, I mean, this is a 10 across the board. Like this is, this is terrifying to think something like this could happen to your child, you know, and unfortunately there's too many cases like this, like the slender man case and, you Mm -hmm. know, all that stuff. It's just, there's, I mean, we've covered cases similar to this before. So I don't know for me, I I mean, I'm putting this at like a nine or a 10. I'm F it. I'm going to go 10. I'm going to put it at 10. It's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it's just terrifying. It's like the ultimate betrayal. I mean, nothing is worse than this than like your parents killing you Yeah. or your kid killing your parents. I think it's right up there with it. You know with I mean? it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think of it is like, if you, if you're my best friend and you're thinking about murdering me, you're someone that I love and trust like wholeheartedly 150%. Yeah. It deserves an eight and a 10. Well, and that's the other thing too. It's like, you can wholeheartedly love someone and still be mad at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it could be very possible that like Skylar was like, I'm not married, but I'm pretty sure that's what marriage is like. Yeah. You know, like, like straight up, you know, there's times where, you know, Kara and I, we love each other, but like, we don't like each other. You know, Kara has definitely looked at me before, like thinking, like if she thinks hard enough, my head might explode. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that telekinesis, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh but you know, you can wholeheartedly love somebody and still be like, I just don't like you today. Yeah. This is not the day. And I, you know, Skylar was probably like, yeah, we're fighting, but at the end of the day, these are still my friends, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. blindsided. Yeah. Well, that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's episode. Olivia's coming in at an eight. I'm coming in at a 10, but we want to know where does the murder of Skylar niece fall on your deadbolt test? Reach out to us on Instagram at check the locks pod. We are on Twitter, which apparently is X now at check the locks. Olivia just looked. I know your app changed. So apparently the times they are changing. So find us on X at check the locks. You can also find us on threads at check the locks pod as well, which is owned by Instagram. It's a bunch of. There's a lot. There's too many. Listen, I'm going to be real honest with you. Mostly we're on Instagram and And we're yeah in our Facebook group. So hop in there. Let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. Olivia, this case was insane. I think we both, you know, came out of it feeling a little shaken again, maybe just because we relate to it so much, but I don't know about you. I could definitely use just a little bit of change in tone. Do you have a five-star review for us? What do you got? I do. This week's five-star review comes from Ryan K. And they said, I'm a documentary junkie and normally just watch TV series. I came across your podcast in an ad and decided to listen on my road trip from Colorado to Montana. I listened and could not stop listening to all the episodes. The 10 hours flew by and I realized I needed to turn off my car and was a little sad about it. I have since listened to your podcast on the way to the grocery store, while I'm cleaning, on my way to work. 
by far better than any docuseries I've watched on television thus far. I'm captivated by your voices and the true crime stories you pick. You have a loyal follower and I truly hope you continue to make episodes. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan Kay. And I'm jealous about your trip to Colorado to Montana, but this was such a cool review. We're better than any docuseries. That means a lot. That's huge. That's definitely a compliment, Ryan. Thank you yeah. so much for taking the time to leave that review. It's also kind of crazy to think that we've put out enough episodes that somebody can listen to us through a whole 10-hour drive. So really appreciate you letting us keep you company on that trip and just really glad that you're enjoying it. I'm a docuseries nerd myself. I love them. So again, that really is a, a super high compliment. We really do appreciate it. And we would love to send you some swag, some stuff to rep the show. If you're liking it that much, want to get you something that you can tangibly hold in your hands. So again, reach out to us on Instagram at check the locks pod. You can find us on Twitter at check the locks. If you are in our Facebook group, reach out, let us know. And if you're not a social person, that is totally fine. Head over to checkthelockspod.com. Click that email button. Send us an email. Let us know where to get you your goodies. We would love to get you something out in the mail. And Olivia, if somebody wants to have their five-star review read on the podcast, what is the best way to do that? Well, they need to hop on over to the Apple Podcast app, go to our show's homepage, scroll all the way down where you see all five stars, click all five stars and leave us a little bit of love. Tell us what you think about Check the Locks and maybe we'll read yours next. You never know. Exactly what Olivia said. I know we talk about this every single week and guess what? I'm going to talk about it again. These reviews help us so much. They get us into other shows recommendations. They, you know, may help to get us featured on something like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which allows people to find the show a lot more easily and just really helps to grow our community. So if you have taken the time to leave us a review, just know that we truly appreciate it more than we could tell you. If you haven't, do exactly what Olivia said. Hop over to Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us a review on the website. Just let us know. We do get alerts about those as well. We would love to read those. And if you need a cheat code, you can actually go into the description of the episode that you're listening to right now. Click the link. It'll take you right there and leave that review. And as always, if you are interested in supporting Check the Locks financially, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks to get signed up today. We got a lot of great tiers. We got exclusive stickers, T-shirts, coffee mugs, all things that you can only get for being a patron exclusive designs, really cool stuff. Plus you get the episodes ad free and early. So if you like check the locks, but you don't like commercials, you want to listen on a Sunday instead of a Monday, being a patron is the best way to do that. Plus Olivia and I have been talking and what we are thinking about doing for our beat cop tier and above, we are going to be scheduling a little virtual meet and greet where we will discuss that week's episode. We're going to hear from you directly. Where did that case fall on your deadbolt test? What did you think of the episode? Are you going to be able to sleep? Did you check your locks? I don't know about you, Olivia, but I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to kind of get face to face with some of the listeners. I know I'm super stoked. I'm stoked like I'm from California. But I'm so excited. I loved like I like the Facebook group because, you know, I'm not the most active. I try to be in there, but I just love reading everybody's comments and what they're saying. And you feel like you're really connecting with people and you can really see how they're feeling about the cases and things. So I cannot wait. I love meeting new people. I don't meet a stranger. So this is right up my alley. So you must be a patron for this to be a perk for you. But I cannot wait to meet all of our patrons and just tell them thank you and, you know, meet them and talk about our cases together. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And in the future, we're also going to be doing something with the Facebook group as well. But, you know, for the people that are chipping in and, and helping out and again, just helping us keep the lights on because podcasting ain't free, y'all. We want to make sure that we're doing something cool. So, again, if you're a patron now, it's something that you want to take advantage of. That is the beat cop or higher. And we will be posting the date in the Facebook group. We'll also reach out on the Patreon uh, directly just to let you know everybody know when. So if you are interested in doing it, you have plenty of time to do so. So look out for that. And as always, if you cannot financially support the show, listen, we definitely understand, right? We live in times of inflation. Bread costs $99.99. It's just a crazy time, right? But listening to the show, sharing what we do with your friends and family means just as much, if not more, right? We're a small show building a amazing community, and that only gets done through grassroots work, word of mouth. Hey, I like this podcast. I tell my friends, my family, I think they would like it. They tell their friends and family, and that's how we grow. So if that is you, you're hanging out with us every week. 
you're listening, you're sharing the show, just know that we appreciate you more than we could tell you. Because again, that is how we're going to continue to build our community. That is how we're going to bring more listeners in and really just grow our family. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week. Lock your windows. Hug your kids. Watch Watch kids. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.